1: Dear friends, may I ask a question, is it not time to make the best choices for your life? You know, we all have choices every day, choices of what to do, decisions to make, how to make the best of our schedules each day, but also we have choices concerning the salvation of God, of what God has provided for us. Today let's think about the salvation of God Let's talk about choices and a few other things here from International Gospel Hour. A thank you to our Jay Webb for his kind introductions. He always welcomes our guests, our listeners, and we appreciate Jay so much. You'll hear Jay throughout our broadcast as we have a free Bible track for your reading, a free Bible study course available by mail, and also the quickest way to reach us. And Jay will have those throughout our broadcast. Now let's talk about choices. In the Old Testament, Israel had a choice. The Lord set before them life and death, blessing and cursing, and then said, Therefore choose life, in Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19. If I had a choice between life and death and blessing and cursing, I would want to choose life as well. Wouldn't you? The choice of Joshua in Joshua 24:15. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That was Joshua's choice. And you know, friends, let's think about a most serious passage from the New Testament in Matthew 7, beginning with verse 13. Jesus said, Enter in by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Should we not make the right choices spiritually? Well, without a doubt, dear friends and listeners, we should. And when it comes to the salvation of God, God is clear on the choice that we are to make. The choice. Let us remember, dear friends, it is the salvation of God. Therefore, we must meet what He asks. Some may feel or believe that God asks too much. But let us rest that thought from 1 John 5.3. The Bible says, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. Did we hear that? This is the love of God. His commandments are not burdens to bear, but blessings to embrace. They are teachings that will make our lives better. They correct the wrong, and they enhance and direct us in the right way. Today, dear friends, our broadcast will focus on the Scriptures and what the salvation of God is not. There are a number of teachings in the religious world concerning the salvation of God that, when you compare them with Scripture, well, surprisingly to many, they're simply not to be found. We wish not to be critical with our broadcast or with our teaching, but rather challenging. After all, dear friends, the salvation of God should be the most important thing in our lives. It should be the number one choice and the right choice, not only now, but toward eternity. And when we think about that, dear friends, we want to look at what the Bible says concerning with what man may say. Now, I'm sure we would agree from the outset that when we stand upon the authority of the Scriptures, the authority of Christ in His Word, as such passages as John 17:17 17, 17 would affirm and John 12:48 and 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17 we would concur that we want to go to the bible for our authority and when we do so we're able to see the salvation of god and to see that what he gives us truly is not burdensome we're going to share further study materials today on our broadcast that will help us in our study of the salvation of god You may hear something throughout this broadcast today that you've not heard before. All we ask is that you search it through the Scriptures and see what the Bible has to say. First of all, we want to go back to our J. Webb with a very special Bible track for your reading pleasure. It's absolutely free, and Jay will tell us all about it.
0: Friends, we can look at this world, and no doubt something is wrong. But did you know the Bible is right? We have a special free booklet we'd like to send you called Something is Wrong, But the Bible is Right. It is an exceptional study that clears away a lot of the confusion in the religious world and lets us see that the Bible is always right. Just call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say Bible Tract. That's it. Again, call toll-free at one 1- 855 855-IGH-6988. And please leave your name, address, and just say Bible Tract. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Bible Tract in the message box. Another free offer of study from your friends here at International Gospel Hour. Now... Back to our study.
1: Dear friends, let's begin. What the salvation of God is not. Dear friends, it is not based on the sinner's prayer. Maybe you have prayed a prayer such as this, or you have heard a prayer similar that goes like this. Father, I know that I have broken your laws, and my sins have separated me from you. I am truly sorry, and now I want to turn away from my past sinful life toward you. Please forgive me and help me avoid sinning again. I believe that Your Son, Jesus Christ, died for my sins, was resurrected from the dead, is alive, and hears my prayer. I invite Jesus to become the Lord of my life, to rule and reign in my heart from this day forward. Please send Your Holy Spirit to help me obey You and to do Your will for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. Now, dear friends, maybe you have heard that, or maybe you have prayed that prayer for salvation in Christ. But did you know there is not one text in the Bible that teaches a lost person, one who is not in Jesus Christ, can become a saved person by praying the sinner's prayer? Nor can one get into Christ through praying into Christ. Now, when I bring this point up, or as we look at this, obviously Romans 10, 9, and 10 brings forth a question. To where Paul says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Again, that's Romans 10, 9, and 10. But dear friends, let's notice that this is a confession of Christ, not a confession of sin. Actually, it is the child of God that confesses sins as he or she walks in the light. This is taught from 1 John chapter 1 verses 7 through 9. That the child of God confesses sins as we walk in the light, again, where the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses the child of God. Romans 10,9 and 10 is not speaking of prayer, nor do we find repentance mentioned. And we understand that repentance is part of God's salvation plan for man. It was commanded to be preached according to Christ in Luke 24:44 through47, and on the day of Pentecost, Peter told them to repent in Acts two and verse 38. We find Peter once again, Peter and John in Acts 3 and verse 19, repent. We also find Paul on Mars Hill in Acts 17, 30 and 31, how that God commands men everywhere to repent. In 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, God is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Dear Friends, we have to look at repentance carefully in God's salvation plan for man. After all, Jesus did command it luke thirteen three and five Now, remaining in Romans chapter ten and verse thirteen, Paul makes this statement through inspiration for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But let's continue to look at that context. Let's read a little bit more, beginning with romans ten fourteen How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? So we understand, folks, faith is of necessity. And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? So they need to hear in order to believe. How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things." All right folks, let's summarize. We must hear before we believe. That's a beautiful parallel with Romans 10:17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So now we're back to the word of God that we are to understand to help us with our faith and to help us to have faith. That without that faith it is impossible to please God, Hebrews 11:6. Also, Jesus said in Matthew 15 and verse 10, for the listeners to hear and understand. Well, dear friends, we must believe before we call upon the name of the Lord. Well, that's a beautiful parallel in other studies. For example, Acts 2 and verse 21, Peter spoke forth the prophecy of Joel and said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, how did they call upon the name of the Lord? In Acts 2 and verse 37, they asked the question, Men and Brethren, what shall we do? And here's what Peter told them. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter did not tell them to pray any prayer to invite Jesus into their heart. This calling upon the name of the Lord is of interest because we find how Paul called upon the name of the Lord. In Acts 22 and verse 16, he's telling his account of his conversion, and he tells where Ananias looked at him and said, Saul, why do you tarry, or why do you wait? Arise, and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Now, that's interesting, because when we go back to Acts chapter 9, we find that Paul had spent his time praying to the Lord before Ananias came. That's interesting. That's interesting. And so if prayer is sufficient for salvation and places us in Christ, then we find Paul praying, but he called upon the name of the Lord later. Folks, that just is not fitting, is it? And you know, we must call upon the Lord before we are saved. That's a beautiful parallel with, for example, 2 Thessalonians 2 in verse 14, that we are able to... Or we are called rather by the gospel. And that ties in with Romans ten in verse sixteen, when Paul said, For they have not all obeyed the gospel. So we also know simply calling Lord Lord is not pleasing to God, for in Matthew seven twenty one Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me Lord, Lord would be pleasing to him. Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. So, dear friends, from this brief study, the salvation of God is not through a confession prayer. We find no one in the New Testament that came to Christ through their prayers to Christ. Let's think on these things. Second, what the salvation of God is not, it is not based on faith alone or faith only. Now, let's study through this. In John 12:42 and 43, the Bible says concerning the work of Christ that, "...nevertheless among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue." For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. You see, they believed on Christ. They believed that there was a Christ. They believed in His teaching, but they did not take their faith further. Why, in James 2.19, James writes and says, You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Now, folks, would we affirm that demonic beings or those of the devil... Are saved because they believe only in Christ? No, they tremble. And in James chapter 2, he talks about how faith is expressed. And in James 2 and verse 24, we find the only passage in the Bible that has the words, the phrase, faith only or faith alone side by side. Listen to what James says. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only or faith alone. Now, folks, James is not referring that our salvation is a salvation of works, meaning all the good works we do, God will put a checklist up, and then when we die, we'll have heaven. That's not what he means. When we read that text carefully, it is how one expresses one's faith. We think about Abraham, not only in James 2, but Romans 4. He believed in God, but he moved upon what God commanded him to do. And will our faith move one toward obedience into Christ? That is the saving faith, dear friends. Now, I'm sure during this broadcast we have prompted some things to make you think. You may even be a little angry at us. Don't be. All we ask is that you take the Bible, consider what we say, and search further. With that in mind, I want to pause, bring our J-Webb back in, and let him tell you about our free Bible study course by mail that addresses these matters and a good in-depth study of the
0: Word of God. Here is our Brother Jay webb once again. Your friends at the International Gospel Hour are offering absolutely free a Bible study course by mail. You may study in the privacy of your own home at your own pace. Feel free to give it a try please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and please leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type, Home Study, in the message box. We'll send it right away. Thank you for your interest in the things of God. And now, back to Jeff. All right, dear friends,
1: what the salvation of God is not, well, friends, it's not found in any church. It's not found in just any church. Now, let's think about it. The word denomination cannot be found in the Bible. And the word denomination actually comes from two words. The word nominate, which means to name, and then actually a prefix in a word. The prefix d-e, de, which means down from the first or whole. So when we say the word denominate or denomination, it's to name something that is not the whole Or only a part of it. So let's ask this question do I want to be a part of a church that calls itself a denomination when it's only a part of something? The church that we read of in the New Testament emphasizes one church and not many. Matthew 16 and verse 18 Jesus, based upon the confession that he is the Son of God, and that confession made by Peter, Jesus said, and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So Matthew 16:18 is still as clear and powerful as ever. And when we see that Jesus said he would build his church, it's interesting to see that God placed all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all, Ephesians 1, and 23. Now, Ephesians 4 and verse 4 tells us there is only one body. Well, here's the conclusion, dear friends. If there is only one body and the body is the church, then the conclusion is the Bible teaches that there is to be only one church. In 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 10, Paul condemned the the division among the church there at Corinth. And let us remember how Christ prayed for unity in John 17. Dear friends, how can we contend for something that the Bible does not contend? How can we just say any church is fine, doesn't matter what church you go to as long as you go, etc., Dear friends, we must be a member of the church we read of in the New Testament, and God has made that so clear for us. What the salvation of God is not, let's consider a fourth area. It's not based on just any kind of baptism. Let's talk about baptism for a moment. In conversations with honest, loving religious people, There's no disagreement on faith or repentance or confession, but when you get to the subject of baptism, sometimes that can create a lot of strong discussion. Well, let's pause and think on this for a moment. Let's just simply go back to the Scriptures. First of all, dear friends, we understand that baptism in the New Testament is not a sprinkling or a pouring that's affirmed from Colossians 2 and verse 12 and Romans 6, 4 through 6, that deal with the word burial, makes it very clear that baptism is a burial. We understand that that burial is to be done with water, the eunuch in Acts chapter 8. We understand that clearly. The parallel in 1 Peter 3 and verse 21 of how baptism saves us and Noah and the ark and the water therein. We also know that when John baptized, he used the element of water for a burial. So baptism is a burial, dear friends. It's not a sprinkling or a pouring. It's also not an immersion without faith. An individual that does not believe in God, you can immerse them in water from now until the end of time, but they're going to go down a wet center and come up or go down a dry center and come up a wet center. You see Hebrews eleven and verse uh, Hebrews eleven and verse six, shall I say, states that without faith it is impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So faith is of necessity. Dear friends it is not an immersion after one is saved so many times individuals are baptized but they claim their salvation before their baptism but listen to mark 16:16 16, 16. he that believes and is baptized shall be saved he that believes not shall be condemned when you look at that simple passage of mark 16:16 16, 16, without any prejudice without any further thought he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. It is the one baptism that we read of within Ephesians four, four through six. Again, we affirm it is a burial according to Romans six and verse four, and Colossians two and verse twelve. It is for the remission of sins according to Acts two thirty-eight and to be saved based upon one's faith, Mark sixteen verse sixteen. And First Peter three and verse twenty one. Also, one is added to the church. Acts chapter two verses thirty eight through forty seven. To go back and read that text of how those were added to the church. And also, dear friends, to put on Jesus Christ. Galatians three and verse twenty seven. And also from Galatians three twenty seven and Romans six four through six, we find that the only way we can get into Christ is through our baptism into Christ. We cannot believe ourselves into Christ, we cannot confess ourselves into Christ, repent ourselves into Christ, we cannot pray ourselves into Christ, but when we are baptized into Christ for the remission of our sins, to be saved, we are added to the church, we put on Christ, and we are baptized into Christ, raised to walk in a newness of life. Romans six four through six dear friends let's think on these things consider them very carefully and we'll come back with a few other thoughts in just a moment but first once again let's go to our j webb
0: what's the quickest way to reach us that's simple call our toll-free number 1-855-igh-6988 to request free bible study courses to ask a question or to make a comment The number is available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Just leave your message and we will follow up as quickly as we can. That number again is 1-855-IGH-6988 or if you prefer, 1-855-444-6988. Dear friends, I believe
1: I know my heart better than anyone next to the Lord who knows my heart more in depth than even I could think about. Dear friends, I know my heart, and I know that what we have studied about today, I am sure, because in times past, it has really crossed a lot of people the wrong way. No matter sometimes how we graciously and lovingly express something when we disagree, folks, so many times we're accused of being hateful or out of line. But I find it interesting that so many times a person can express something with love and kindness as they can, But the individual that disagrees is the one that seems to get stirred up just a little more. Dear friends, please don't allow that. When we study the Word of God together here on International Gospel Hour, it is our aim to look at the Scripture and to open the doors to see what God would have us to do. And so, dear friends, we simply cannot affirm what the Bible does not affirm. And I realize we might have prompted some thought on your end. We ask that you not get angry, but rather research. And I appreciate Jay bringing forth our toll-free number, because you may have a question or a comment or something, and you can leave us that comment, and we will be more than happy to address your comment in the proper channels. But as we serve as a reminder before we part from the air, the salvation of God is not the sinner's prayer. It's not by faith only. It's not found in just any church, and it's not based on just any kind of baptism. The salvation of God requires the right choice in life, and that is we choose life the way God has presented it. That through our faith in Christ, repentance of sins, confession of Christ, and to be buried with Him in baptism, raises us in union of life. Thanks for joining me today on the International Gospel Hour. I'm Jeff Archie, and dear friends, keep listening.
0: God you.